Hey yo, and welcome to NXT Talk, the show where we chat about all things NXT. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well, Boris. It is a foggy and spooky November morn here in Toronto. How you doing today, big homie? I'm doing quite well, fairly well. Got some rest. Midweek, crazy week ahead. So much to do, both in real life, real job, and SNME. Yeah, it's going well. How are you, man? So, I'm well. So you had a midweek dark out, would you say? That was dumb. Let's uh, let's restart. Let's let's take this intro again from the top. No, I'm well, man. I'm hanging in there. I'm uh, making dumb dad jokes at 7:30 in the morning. Got my <laughs> Sunday night's main event coffee mug here, living my life as best as I can, brother. You know, it, it, this, it's making me laugh because like you said it best. Was it yesterday where you sent me the message where my dad jokes are really starting to rub off on you? Yes, I believe I said they have poisoned my brain. Yes. It was the exact <laughs> verbiage that I used. I forget why, but I was on, on the BAM thread. I said something absolutely stupid that I immediately was like, oh, my God, damn, Boris, rub it off on me. But, yep. uh, yeah, man, no, it's all, it's all a good fun. Who doesn't love a good dad joke? But yeah, man, so uh, we're going to probably hopefully try to crank out an episode of BAM this afternoon as well, because uh, we were late on that. Apologies about that. Yeah, so yes, uh, that is the plan. So NXT Talk you're listening to right now, we're going to try to get BAM before the old fucks record their AEW show. That usually comes out Thursday night, so that leaves us a nice little window to record, release, and so that you, our awesome listeners, can consume BAM because, you know, I'm... Kind of looking forward to this week, man. It, 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 we we've got a list. Talked about it on the uh, on the raw review show, and you know I I love the lists. Nice man, yeah. I'm I'm gonna hopefully try to do more lists. I wanted to do one every week. The problem is we also have the big year end list, the top one twenty two of two thousand twenty two. And if I really genuinely want to put the effort in and watch every match closely and break it all down, I can't also be watching like ten Survivor Series matches that week. You know what I mean? So from like November to December. I really got to go deep into the cave, deep into the lab for the big list. So exactly. I think that's going to be like, that's going to be kind of our thing. We're going to try to do weekly lists until November. And then there for those two months, I'm going deep in the cave for the big list at the end of the year. Exactly. And it's it's such a busy time too, right? Like, I don't know if you listened to the Raw Review Show, but I was talking, Joe and I were talking about like just how busy November and December typically are just in real life stuff, right? Like yeah, man. for one reason or another, everyone's birthday lands on november december my own included right so that right there is like you know a weekend or two weekends depending on how i split stuff up and my various friends groups um you know so it's just it's just busy time add in the holidays add in all the family stuff add in you know our snme stuff it's just absolutely crazy so so that's that um so yeah plan is nxt talk wednesday Bam, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, old fucks, Thursday evening, Friday, we got an episode of AEWTF coming out, really looking forward to that one, uh, those 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 shows are great, kind of sums up AEW well for the month, uh, then Friday night, the Smack Daddy's gonna be coming out on the free feed with their Smackdown review, pre-taped episode, Crown Jewel preview, Saturday Got a Crown Jewel show coming out. Rampage Ramble coming out. Sunday, main show. So crazy. Like, dude, we're only on Wednesday, and look at everything I called out. That's amazing, man. And then right back at it on Monday with Bam, and we're back on the regular schedule. It's dope, though. I think we're doing good stuff here, man. I'm very proud to be part of the team. Thank you to anyone who supports us on Patreon. And uh, wherever you're hearing this podcast, I guess you're only hearing this one on Patreon. But wherever you hear our podcast, we genuinely super-duper appreciate it. I honestly, for a split second, forgot what show we were even recording. (laughs) Which uh, oh. which actually sums up this NXT very well. It was kind of a cursed episode of NXT, but very missable. Nothing in this two hours is really going to stick with me other than, honestly, the Rock's Connors promo. Yeah, <laughs> also that. Mandy Rose, Mandy Rose's body suit. But no, Ava Rain's promo was very, very good. We'll talk about that. But yeah, a highly missable NXT that we can summarize pretty quickly here this week. Yeah, I think 
you're right. Like last week's show, I enjoyed a lot more. This week, like, here's the thing, Matt. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just an episode of NXT, and it felt very weird. Uh, you know, I think the the tone of the show changed quickly after the injury in the opening match with our truth. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, hopefully, he's okay. I've been kind of scouring the internet, haven't seen much uh, more anything being reported. So, you know, I don't know what that means, but be- our best goes out to our truth. Um, you know, and I think that really set the tone for the rest of the show, which is kind of weird. But it seemed. Like a very weird hodgepodge show, right? Like the crowd was off all night, in my opinion. The matches were good enough for the most part, ish. There were two good matches, but yeah, pretty weird. Lots of squashes. This felt kind of like a rampage with a, with a, some longer promos. Honestly, I have to say that NXT is really starting to feel more and more like rampage. Well, uh, yeah, this this week for sure, definitely this week did. Uh, we'll see going forward. I've really liked NXT lately. I think this was just a bad night, a cursed night, like we said, like our, our truth injury, like just a lot of things were just a little off. It yeah, happens. Exactly. It happens. It happens. And then the, that's the way she rolls. Just a quick reminder: I'm going to be filling in at, at SlamWrestling.net over the next few several weeks, basically until mid December. Uh, doing the NXT reports there, so slamwrestling.net, you can check it out. Makes for a very long Tuesday. It, um, yeah, and my notes are very different right now that I'm actually doing the report and, you know, obviously getting prepared for this show. The notes are very different. We'll talk about that one day. Doesn't matter right now, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a very weird mentality, like how you have to switch up, how detailed things have to be. Um, so that that's a whole other thing. But Matt, yeah, when you're actually showing people the written word that you are producing, it kind of changes things a little bit. Especially if you know me, right? Like if you know how I am and how I take notes, and I've always been like this. Like even it's even in school, my notes were just a a, a, a hodgepodge, a, a smorgasbord <laughs> of of just my madness on paper or computer screen. Only a code that only Boris himself could decipher. Yeah, pretty much. It's 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 something. All right, so let us get to NXT. Like I said, this shouldn't take us too long. Pretty missable show, but overall, I was sports entertained for the two hours. And you know what's weird, Matt? As bad, not as bad, but as as much of a miss, for lack of a better term, this week was, the two hours flew by. Yeah, it's still a watchable show. That's why I compared it to Rampage. Like, even when Rampage is bad, the pacing is such that it just kind of flies by. And it, this this two hours didn't, it, it wasn't a painful two hours. It did, it flow, it flown is strong. It didn't fly by, but it, it moved, you know? It was, like a, it was like a moving train on the track. With us right in the middle of the tracks. Yes, about to get destroyed by this train. Yeah, let's start this thing. All right, let's start. But before we do, Matt, we have one last thing. We are the young guns. That means we're done with star ratings. Each and every week, we like to change the ratings up. We like to have a rating system to George, something that really reflects that episode. That uh, And we like to have fun with it, right? So, Matt, what are you thinking for this week? Yeah, it's kind of a, it's our fun gimmick. Yeah, we're done with star ratings. So we rate things out of pumpkins, out of five, et cetera. We usually try to like kind of make fun of it. Today, I'm going to somewhat be respectful with it. Uh, we lost a, a really, uh, an amazing young rapper, Takeoff. So let's, uh, let's go Migos out of five this week. Rest in peace, Takeoff. Really, really tragic, terrible, terrible situation. Yeah, uh, absolutely horrible. Um, All right, so let's get two things right away. So the show starts off with NXT champion Braun Breaker coming out, had a mic in hand, and was ready to address the NXT faithful. So we've been seeing a lot of, like, Bronson Rexsteiner backstage cutting more human promos, and I feel like we got backstage Braun and live crowd Braun. This was Braun Breaker in front of the live crowd. This was not Bronson Rexsteiner tonight. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of it's kind of weird how that's go how, how that's happening. I don't know if it's by design or that's just how he delivers lines and how he cuts promos and 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 how the, he's being produced, right? So it, it it makes me wonder, but it's just it's, it's interesting that you pick that you picked up on that as well. All right. So 
Breaker said that Halloween Havoc was a monumental night for the entire NXT locker room. He gave kudos to Wesley for climbing the ladder and winning the North American Championship. He also congratulated Julius Creed for his win in the ambulance match and saving his brother's career. That's when Pretty Deadly's music uh, hit all over the Performance Center. And out comes Kit Wilson and Elton Prince. Pretty Deadly were in the ring with Breaker. Uh, and uh, Breaker asked Pretty Deadly in a weird fake accent that sounded more Australian than British what they wanted. Prince then mocked Braun for always winning. Sure. Prince then said that their def- defense last week on NXT was bigger and even deserved a parade. Wilson then took the mic and called Wesley a lifetime series because he's nothing but sob stories. Wesley then came out, told Pretty Deadly to shut up. Lee then thanked Braun for congratulating him. Prince interrupted and said uh, that he said Lee needs to quit his bitchin'. Lee said that he does like their hair. Braun agreed with Lee and said that their hair looks angelic. Braun then told Pretty Deadly that they have their chance at the spotlight as Lee, uh, in his best announcer's voice, gave a formal introduction to Pretty Deadly. Pretty Deadly basked in the spotlight, posed while doing their side play check. Braun then said that the usual WWE pattern is that people always interrupt the opening act, the opening champion's promo. Lee then said that he and Braun were challenging Pretty Deadly for the NXT Tag Team Championships since he misses the tag team titles and Braun wants a taste of them. The crowd chanted Wesley two belts. Pretty Deadly looked pretty pissed. They then said they'll have the last laugh and Braun said he and Lee will win the titles. Prince said that this night cannot get any worse. That's when R-Truth comes out, uh, started his What's Up theme as we go into break. Yeah, some rough accent work from Braun Breaker aside, which was like it was meant to be bad. You know, he was kind of laughing at them. But uh, yeah, this was a bit of fun. You know, nothing wrong with this. But this kind of summarized the NXT episode. A bit of fun, but nothing you ever need to see in your life. I think it was pretty obvious who was going to win this main event they set up. Because if they were going to actually change the tag team titles and put them on Wesley and Braun Breaker, basically the Intercontinental World Champion, the North American and NXT Men's Heavyweight Champion, they would have advertised that match. If they were going to do that title change, they would have told you beforehand. That's not the kind of thing they just throw out there, right? Especially during the in the middle of the World Series. Like, let's be honest, right? Like, you know, hundred percent. Like, you know. Anyways, yeah, that's a Great really point. yeah, that's a really good point, Boris, and something to remember. I feel like this show was kind of punted because of the World Series game. Yeah, um, AEW's tonight isn't six matches, four title matches, one eliminator match. Crazy card. Anyways, um, yeah, overall, like, I, th- I agree with you. This really summed up the show, right? Like, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't, like, can't miss TV, uh, you know? So it was what it was. A, a bit of fun. A bit of fun. What's not to love with Pretty Deadly and Wesley and Braun Breaker, you know? Yeah, exactly. All right, when we get back into commercial, we go into the first match, which was Grayson Waller versus Wesley. Waller tried to start the match, but Truth stopped. Uh, slapped him in the face. Waller hit a kick and a few punches that sent Truth right into the corner. Uh, you know this match was 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 cut relatively short, um, and it was pretty much fifty fifty until uh, the 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 injury happened. So this is what happened. Uh, Truth hit Waller with a Karana and a hip toss. Uh, Waller hit Truth with an STO. Truth recovered, caught Waller with a right hand that sent Waller right to the outside. Things then really turned for the worse and got a little scary because as Truth goes for a tope con hilo, uh, his foot, right foot, or one of his feet catches the top rope and he lands a bit short. It was obvious that he landed super hard because he clutched his knee right away. Waller went to kind of check on him uh, in the way that wrestlers do after a dive. Uh, the show quickly went into picture-in-picture picture, uh, with the refs checking on R-Truth. So, he, he, during the entire picture-in-picture, picture, Matt, 
the entire the camera was focused on Waller in the ring. He was in the ring doing gymnastics. He was doing his thing. He did a spin-a-rooney in the ring during the break. Uh, they sometimes would cut to the medical staff looking at our truth, but the focus was really on Waller just playing to the crowd and having fun doing wheel doing heel things with the crowd. Back from the break, the ref called for the match. And we see R-Truth being carried up and taken straight to the back. So Grayson Waller won via ref stoppage. After the match, he takes the mic. He's bragging that he beat a legit veteran. And he said, NXT is his house. And ain't nothing going to change that. I was incredibly impressed with Grayson Waller during this segment. To hear that he did that during Picture in Picture even impresses me more. Uh We've been beating the Grayson Waller drum for a while, but this was the moment where I was like, okay, it's not just that this guy has a little bit of charisma and could make it. This guy gets it. This guy is an excellent performer. He's a good improviser. He uh, He's going to be a star in professional wrestling. I am convinced after this night. So that of anything is the golden, the golden goose here, the, the uh, silver lining to this black, black cloud of our truth's injury. What I think happened just from my eyes, and we're not trying to like, you know what I mean? I don't want to speculate to the severity of the injury, but it looked like he planted and like kind of screwed up his knee on the takeoff, right? Like the plant slash takeoff because he got like no vertical on the actual flip. And that's why he landed like a sack of uh, potatoes. And I, inst- I, I thought because his landing was so harsh that it was just like he knocked the wind out of himself. But it, but it looked like he, he screwed up his knee pretty bad. So that that could be a... That could be tough for our truth. Really hope he's okay. He's getting up there in age. Like a bad knee injury could be could be a tough one for him to come back from. Yeah, it's 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 crazy just because Joe and I on on the Raw Review show were literally talking about how long our truth's career has been. It's crazy that he's you know become re- somewhat relevant and being used in uh in a mid card role again. Uh, still comedy, uh, but a little more serious with actual angles happening, and it's crazy that in 2022, we're talking about our truth Cut to NXT last night, and the injury happens. This goes to show you how, you know, every single day that these that performers, male or female, go into the ring, you know, something can happen. It's an incredibly tough, crazy job, man. They're live stuntmen putting on incredible shows for us 200 days a year. Like, it's it's really crazy. But yeah, Grayson Waller, incredible. While I think he was going to win this match, he basically just cut the promo that he was going to cut anyway. The crowd chants, you got lucky. And he goes, yeah, I get lucky every night. And you can tell he was proud of himself with that line because he kind of gave himself a second to, like, stop. And like, yeah, that was good. I know that was good. And then he kept talking, kept delivering his promo. Grayson Waller, a ton of confidence, a ton of poise. He impressed me so much on this night. Uh, for the match itself, I almost don't want to rate it. If you had to put a number on it, I would say like one Mego out of five, singular Mego. But you don't even need to rate it. Yeah, let's not like. Yeah, let's just move on. It's one of those things where it's just like you know, it's just the worst worst case scenario. Um, and it's it's you know, it's kind of why like sometimes you know, people say that that, that we're too 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 on it, like too too positive when we talk about wrestling it's like dude look at us just look at us these people are literally going in there to to entertain us uh, destroying their bodies and like i just said anytime they go into the ring anytime they're training anytime they're doing anything anytime they're traveling doesn't matter something can happen so you know power to all the to all the male and females who give this a try yeah, absolutely. Hey, we like wrestling. I really do appreciate it. And I, I think like I'm trying to rate matches based on every match I've ever seen ever, like going back to superstars in 1990. And you're going to tell me this is worse than Dusty Rhodes versus Akeem. You know, get the freak out of here. We like wrestling. We like to celebrate wrestling. That's what it is. Yep. All right. Let's move on. So we check in with Vic and Booker at the commentary desk. Vic said he had an awkward night last night because he had to do a sit down interview with Schism. We cut to the interview. Joseph got right to business, and he mentioned that they've been the talk of all social media for the last week. Turns to Ava Rain, and he said, asked, why schism? Ava said that nobody knew it was her under the mask, and she proved everyone wrong. She said that she has been around WWE all of her life, yet no one has ever taken the time to get to know her. She mentioned that shortly after she started in NXT, she suffered a major injury that required surgery and nobody 
including Vic Joseph, including those people who claimed to be her friends and be around for all these years, went to check up on her except for one person. And that person was Joe Gacy. She said Joe Gacy would check up on her. She then got angry at Joseph since he also claimed to know her for a long time. Ava then questioned Joseph on why all the attention, why all of the attention is on her. Why not ask Jagger Reed or Rip why they joined Schism? Joseph then asked Joe Gacy if he is loving the national attention Schism has been getting with Ava joining them. Gacy told Joseph that he was missing the point. Ava said, isn't there to help Schism, but she is there because they accepted her for who she is. Fowler said that Schism is often compared to factions of the past and offered Joseph a smiley pin. Joseph then brought up Cameron Grimes, showed a tweet from him where he pointed out that Ava is most likely being brainwashed by Schism. Ava said that she see, sees more in Schism than Grimes ever could. Ava then mentioned that they are not quite done with him just yet. She said that Grimes had to hire people to beat them in a match, but next week Joe Gacy will beat Grimes in their final match ever. Gacy said that the Schism is four roots, one tree. Yeah, so I think, honestly, if you're going to watch anything on this NXT show, this is the promo to watch. The schism. And it's chiefly because of Ava Rain. Like, just to watch how well she did in her first ever promo. I was very surprised. Rocky, uh, you know, the great Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Rocky Maivia, his first promo was not this good. It wasn't. And she's got, she's got a very uh, distinct and unique character that she can, like, show some different things in, you know what I mean? It's not just basic wrestler, which does help her. But if you wanted to be a dick, Boris, you could say she's already the best actor in the family. She's better than her dad as an actor already. In in this point in their careers, possibly. This is her second appearance. Like, she's literally been on camera as Ava Rain for a grand total of five minutes, if at all including last week, right? It's crazy how well, how good this promo was. And, you know, it does look like I was a little correct with the direction that they're going with Ava Rain, and that's, you know, she doesn't want to be in the shadow of her dad. No one treated her right, but the schism accepted her for who she actually is and not because of who her family is. Yeah, the story makes a lot of sense. I like it. She did an excellent job here. It was not a classic rock promo but in terms of a performer's first promo it reminded me a lot of the first time we saw dean ambrose in the shield it was just instantly like oh my god who's this person i want to see more of them yep exactly i think that's a great way to put it so you know and hey this is the first time in a really long time that i thought schism did something of importance that i'm like okay i can get behind this yeah, I like this new take on Schism. Less spooky, more realistic, distinct uh, brand, for lack of a better term, that they are trying to produce here. The Schism, the, the Schism boys now have like kind of a code. They have these masks. Kind of makes a little more sense. It's kind of funny because in, in a weird way, they kind of acknowledge that, you know, the grizzled old veterans are in schism or like they, they like they like joe gacy accepted them that they are family together um and i love the fact that schism has gone from hr to angry hr to weird hr to just creepy to now essentially cult yeah like anarchist cult which is which is i think a good place to land i hope this is where they stay all right, so in the back, there's a very cheap-looking door that's supposed to be Shawn Michaels' office. Uh, Javier Burnell <laughs> is making fun of Enofi and Blade for losing their title shot last week, calling them mid at best. Odyssey Jones leaves Michaels' office and said that he won't let him down. He put his attention to Javier and said that they are facing off in a match later. Burnell didn't look too pleased with this. Yeah, they clearly spent the door budget on Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy. <laughs> right? <laughs> so funny. That was hilarious when they showed that. Odyssey Jones emerges from a tool shed. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> oh, Keanu James is seen handing an envelope to someone as she heads to the ring. 
uh, footage from earlier in the day aired that showed Indy Hartwell confronting Zoe Stark, and she told her to get over her loss from last week. Stark said Indy doesn't deserve any title shots because they're earned, not given away. Hartwell said she's going to earn a boot to the face. Things got heated, and they were all pulled apart. This uh, classic pro wrestling here, nothing wrong with it. All right. Andre Chase is giving Taya Hale a pre-match pep talk. She's super fired up. She then gets all emotional and super serious as the camera pans to the Andre Chase flag, which has no bear since Bodie Hayward was released earlier this week. Then outbursts through cuts and through the wall, just like the uh, Kool-Aid man grabs the flag, gets hyped, a la, what's his name, Mojo Raleigh, and marches out. Yeah, Kool-Aid man, Duke Hudson, Mojo Rally, Duke Hudson. This was, uh, this was, it made me laugh. I got to admit. Same, same. All right. So this leads us into Kiana James versus Taya Hale. Uh, This match was short. This match was what it was. Uh, I think this match really sets up the overall arching story for Andre Chase U. Uh, so essentially, James hits Hale with a tornado pay dirt, uh, but Hudson put Hale's foot on the bottom rope to save the match. Chase was super angry at the cheating. He yells at Hudson, who sends him to the back, to the showers. Uh, James hits Hale with another tornado pay dirt, this time, it was enough for the three count and the win. So your winner was Kiana James via pinfall. So right after the match, uh, Chase went to check in on Hale, but he was attacked from behind by none other than Charlie Dempsey, a returning Charlie Dempsey, our boy. Dempsey tried to lock in a submission hold on Chase, but Duke Hudson runs out, chases Dempsey away. Hudson then checked in on both Chase and Hale. Let's effing go so my temptation is to give this five stars for the uh return of charlie dempsey now very excited for charlie dempsey to come back and avenge his loss to andre chase hopefully nobody remembers that in fact i don't even want to mention it again on this podcast i don't even want to put it back in the universe i want the world to forget that happened so this might be the last time i ever even bring it up but yeah Andre Chase needs to get steamrolled by this man, the great Charlie Dempsey, back in NXT. Good to see him. Son of William Regal, if you don't know. This match was bad. It was a total NXT level-up match. Yep, it was. All right. Uh, I'm going another singular Mego out of five. One Mego out of five for this one. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing. All right. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling. Mackenzie Mitchell is with Josh Briggs, Brooks Jensen, and Fallon Henley. And she asks about how she how they feel about Wesley and Braun Breaker getting a tag title shot later in the show. They said they're excited to see who wins. Henley was then handed a envelope, which she read to herself. And no one else. Oh, the drama. Yes. Envelope, which we already saw Kiana James handing out an envelope to someone earlier in the show. So it looks like Kiana James has sent an offer to Fallon Henley. New look for Fallon Henley, too. She usually has the the crimped hair. She had the straight hair. I like it. I like it a lot. Good look for Fallon. Yeah, for a split second, I didn't recognize her. Yeah, same. I was like, who is this? Oh, it's Fallon Henley. Damn. Yep. All right. That was my exact reaction. (laughs) Love it. Odyssey Jones makes his entrance. Cut to the back. Braun Breaker and Wesley were preparing and psyching each other up for their match against Pretty Deadly later. Mr. Stone came to taunt Breaker. Stone tried to get a title match for Von Wagner, Von Forehead. Breaker then told Stone to tell Wagner to face him by himself face-to-face rather than sending his errand boy. Breaker told Stone to walk away or be stuffed in a locker. Yeah, so this kind of set up the main event, and we're getting Von Wagner, Braun Breaker in a program, probably involving Apollo Crews, too. We're going to get a big, giant, triple threat man of meaty, slapping meat dudes, etc. If. (laughs) Or Apollo Crews will go off against J.D. McDonough. We'll see where this goes, right? There's a couple possibilities. Let's just assume that it's Von Wagner versus Braun Breaker. I swear to God, if out of all of this time, it's Von Wagner to dethrone Braun Breaker, I give up. Von B- Von V. Braun? Will that be the end of the NXT talk program? Morris just quits on the spot. Uh, this, is, this is where he's going from Jan Wagner 
to strong Wagner. This is where he is, the main event, Vaughn, that we have wanted for so long. I, I just I he I just can't with him. I honestly can't. <laughs> he's growing on me. He's like he's he reminds me of Test a lot. Is that a compliment? Not necessarily, but he's test level, replacement level big man now. Right. All right. Odyssey Jones versus big body Javi, Javier Burnell. Again, pretty squashy squash of a match, but not really. Javier Burnell got a little more offense than what I was looking uh, for in this match, but Odyssey Jones controlled most of this match. Jones put Javi in an electric chair. Uh, Javi escapes, hits Jones with a couple chop blocks and a, on a leg that was already being worked on. Javi tried to put Jones in a sleeper, but Jones hits the ropes for a break. Jones then tossed Javi like a toy, hits him with a shoulder block, a hip tackle, and a boss man slam for the win. Yeah, solid superstars match here. A step up from a solid level up match. So we're going to go two Migos out of five for this one. Not particularly good, but, you know, not the worst squash I've ever seen. Odyssey Jones looks to have dropped a lot of weight, moving better in the ring. He looks great. Odyssey Jones honestly feels like he's having the same career trajectory as Mark Henry. All happy and smiley right now, right? Like it just it's it's you can see the parallels in the Mark Henry Odyssey Jones career. I bet he would be a mean motherfucker as a heel too. But yeah, right now, babyface Odyssey Jones has a lot of legs. I don't think he should turn heel for the next five years, you know? Yeah, so that means it's gonna happen. Like he's gonna turn off Nofi <laughs> and Blade next yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mandy Rose Cell Championship Celebration. Uh, couch and tables were set up in the ring. Pictures of Rose in the ring were propped up as Toxic Attraction ca- came out. JC Jane took the mic first and said that Rose has proven everyone wrong for over a year, and she is the most dominant women's champion in NXT history. Dolan said that Rose is the most dominant champion in the locker room, man or woman. Jane ran down some of Mandy's accomplishments and said that her and Dolan put a video together for Rose. The video showed some pre-NXT footage, which was all in black and white, which is very clever. It's kind of like, eh, this isn't important. Then all of her current NXT run was highlighted in color, uh, which was very well done. Rose grabbed the mic and she thanked Dolan and Jane for the video. Rose then said that all of her accomplishments aren't bad uh, for a piece of eye candy. Rose said she was just eye candy to all of the fans, but realized two years ago that she had to bet on herself. Rose said that returning to NXT was completely her choice, and it was the best choice she's made because the numbers speak for themselves. Rose said that the NXT women's title represents the greatest female wrestlers in the world, and she has proven herself as such. Rose said that she stepped on every woman in the division and it feels good to sit on her throne and no one will be able to get her, kick her off it. But they know where to find her if they want to try. Smoke then rose from the outside of the ring, covered the ring. Alba Fire awkwardly gets into the ring. She attacks, Alba Fire attacks Rose and Jane, sends Dolan through a table with a gory bomb. Fire grabbed a mic and said she took out uh, Dolan this week. We'll take out Jay next week, and then she's going to be going for the title in two weeks. Ah, man. So this was pretty good. Maybe add this to the watch list. If you're a big Mandy Rose fan, certainly this must be acknowledged. Mandy Rose is the most improved wrestler in all of professional wrestling in 2022. Certainly, if you're splitting it up male and female, she's the most improved female. And I don't see who anyone who's even close maybe willow nightingale but no willow nightingale has improved and is good mandy rose went from like a four or five out of ten to like a seven out of ten wrestler seven eight oh no eight strong like six seven out of ten uh eight out of ten nine out of ten character like awesome character awesome promo really strong wrestler she is absolutely worthy of a title on the main roster anyway this was this was nice this was dope and i am left feeling underwhelmed with alba fire i know kaylee ray was and is great but alba fire has been such a dumb weird character i don't want to see her win this title i want to see mandy rose keep the title same 
Um, give Alba Fire more ring time. I think that's what's missing with this character. More ring time and more matches. Yes, and more opportunity to show that she's a really good wrestler. You know how I would book this match? They have a 20-minute match. Like, w- the longest match of Mandy's career, one-on-one. Alba Fire has that classic match that she can have. She's had numerous ones. She's had a great one with Tony Storm. She's had a great one with Miko Satamora. She can have a great match with Mandy Rose and lose clean. Mandy Rose wins a classic match without cheating. And that's how you tell the story that she truly is ready for the main roster. And then she can drop the title to whoever. I would ever lose this title to Candice LeRae. That's what I want to see. Yeah, we'll see about that. All right. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with Apollo Crews in the back. Crews said that he wants Braun Breaker, but he thinks Braun sees him as a bad matchup for him. Crews said that Breaker isn't even mentioning him yet. Von Wagner entered stage left and said that Crews may be a matchup problem, but Von Wagner is a total problem. But Matt, is he the total package? No, he is not the total package. He is he is not even Lex Luger level. Not even close to Lex Luger level. Luger Von, was underrated. Oh, very much so. Von Wagner said Cruz likes to look at the future, but when it comes to the title, Von Von Wagner is the future. You know what my problem is with this? Why have Von Mr. Stone? <laughs> well, yeah, Von Wagner's on my screen. But number two, why have Mr. Stone if you're going to allow Von Wagner to speak? Well, they're going for a Heenan Bockwinkle thing, you see. Yeah. Von Wagner is Nick Bockwinkle, and Robert Stone is Bobby Heenan. I. (laughs) It's taken two years, but you got me. We're done. Podcast over. You quit. That's it. It's taken two years, but you finally got me to shut up. (laughs) <laughs> block delete and close skype <laughs> oh my god uh, all right so what do you think of that i i mean it was it was a, a bad take on every pro wrestling thing you've ever seen apollo cruz he has been pretty good in promos lately but this was just kind of shouty wrestling promo he was he used different words than wrestlers usually use like william regal says in his podcast he didn't say well let me tell you something brother but he was just yelling like a wrestler, and then another wrestler came in and yelled at him. Yep. All right. We see another vignette for scripts because it's all capital letters. So it's not scripts. It's scripts. Uh, <laughs> this time they are outside the performance center, uh, tagging it all up. As the voice message played, the mystery person said that you can screen their call, but not their fury. One by one, you all shall so just let it happen as it is written. The person said they are coming to NXT and it feels like home because the canvas is where they will express how they feel in their bones. They claim that they will leave a mark and a warning of their start is imminent. Okay, so and and this was kind of, in my opinion, unless there was straight up technical difficulties, there were a couple moments in the next match where like the screen kind of like went to black. Throughout the show. This Throughout happened the show, more right? than just, just that once. It happened... Right. In transitions, you know, after entrances. So that's why I'm like, is this part of the show? Is this a technical glitch? Is someone being fired at 10, 10 p.m.? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I uh, Well, if it's a technical glitch, somebody lost their job at 10.01. Yes, exactly. But, uh, no, I, I think it's part of the show, and I think it's part of scripts. Uh, presentation. Now, he mentioned something about NXT feeling like home. Do you think that that is a clue that this is a returning NXT superstar? That seems to be the the big discussion, right? That that specific line indicates that this is someone coming back. I don't know, man. It's interesting. Um, Who do you think it could be if it is a return? Oh, man. I don't know. Honestly, I, I haven't really put much thought into this. I don't know, man. Who could it be? Who I, could it be? Who do you think? Okay. Well, because I'm wondering if... I don't think it's a return. I'm wondering if the... Because there are rumors that Vincent from ROH is signed on and he's going to be Uncle Howdy. I don't think that... I think Uncle Howdy is going to be like an Undertaker versus Undertaker, Bray Wyatt versus himself cinematic match. I think this is Vincent from ROH. That's my call. 
I wouldn't be surprised. Um, remember, it could be anyone filming these vignettes, right? Who it is at the yes. end of the day. And notice that I was using they just because it could even be my girl Isla Dawn, right? Like you just don't know. That's a really good call. We all immediately just think it's going to be a dude, but it doesn't have to be. She is in Florida now. She has. She is on the NXT loop on the weekends. So there you go. Scraps. Yep. This leads <laughs> us to Indy Hartwell versus Zoe Stark with Nikita Lyons. Okay, so this match. This match. Well, here we go. This match. Indy Hartwell. I am glad to see her back, just back doing her thing and being good again, right? Like, this match was exactly what Indy Hartwell needed. Zoe Stark is awesome. But what really intrigued me most about this match was just the storytelling between Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons. Yes, uh, there was a lot going on in this match story-wise, but it was was very uh, nice to see it all. So, yeah, the obvious overarching arc here of the thing was Zoe Stark is turning heel. She is slowly getting frustrated. Nikita Lyons is a fiery young baby face, just wants to be nice and follow the rules. Zoe Stark, a veteran, and she's over it. She's just tired of getting pushed around. That is the story here. We're also getting Indy Hartwell needing to be more aggressive to match Zoe Stark's aggression. So Indy Hartwell was mad. She was angry. And she had her best performance in months, if not ever, on NXT in this match. Like you just said, Indy showed up. She was awesome. She met Zoe every step of the way. Zoe got to show how great she is. She's also a, a, a good high flyer. Her twisting springboard backwards thing off the middle rope is really a crazy awesome spot. Zoe Stark is one of the most underrated professional wrestlers in WWE. Full stop. Yep, and there were a few times that Stark's uh, attitude was getting the best of her. Her anger is getting the best of her. Uh, Nikita Lyons calms her down a couple times, but the second time it was outside of the ring. She threw Indy Hartwell in the ring as you. she was kind of teasing a table announcer spot. Nikita Lyons calms her down, but this gave enough time to Hartwell to recoup. After she was thrown back in the ring. So when Stark came back in the ring, she was greeted with a Yakuza kick and a basement forearm for the pin and the win for Indy Hartwell. Vic Joseph also made note that Indy Hartwell is on a great run right now in NXT. Yes, real life and in character. Indy Hartwell getting some confidence back, performing well. It's really nice to see. I think this was the best match on the show, even better than the main event. I honestly think this was in terms of storytelling, in terms of how great both people looked, how much this accomplished, the best match on the show. Three and a half Migos out of five. Solid B for sure. 100% agree with you. This was my favorite match of the show. It kind of added the most spice and intrigue throughout many stories. And for me, it's like when you can intertwine so many things happening into one match, Oh, that's just beautiful. Yes, 100% agree with you, man. 100%. This was very well done. Yep. All right, we get another T-bar vignette where he's still burning his mask. I wonder what that mask is made of. He talks about unfinished (laughs) business and a new order of justice and his authority. That's got to be bad for the environment. That thing is not biodegradable. (laughs) Yeah, he showed the NXT title in this vignette. So T-bar, Donovan Dijakovic. is going for that title. So, okay. We have Schism. We have Scripps. We have whatever uh, T-Bar's new character is going to be. Are these characters, stories, whatever you want to say, too similar? Um, yeah, they're, they're running into that problem. They got to go away from spookiness with Donovan Dijakovic here. Although I I'm okay with it right now. He's just burning his mask. He's just saying retribution was stupid and I'm coming in with a new character. We don't yet know what the new character is. Let's please not make it spooky. I am so glad that you said that, that he T-Bar is essentially saying that retribution was stupid yet. A couple minutes earlier. You air Scripps promo, which is essentially Retribution Light. <laughs> this is an excellent point, Boris. I have absolutely no retort to that. You're 100% correct. That is dumb. I was praying that you would say that at some point so I could literally <laughs> just say that. 
Yeah, yeah, that's it's bang on, buddy. That's that's true. It's funny. Yeah, that you remember that one gimmick. Yeah, that was really dumb. We'll forget about that. Also, here's that one gimmick again. Yep, the Antifa light. Uh, oh, Vince man. was Vince. All right. I actually, I actually kind of have a fan theory that Donald Trump, maybe not Donald Trump himself, but it's not like they weren't friends. Could you imagine Trump just called them up and was like, "Hey, do you want to just do an Antifa stable and make them blithering fucking idiots?" <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I, it's what I've seen weird stuff in wrestling. That's they were an Antifa staple that were blithering fucking idiots. How they got there, who knows? But that's what happened on our television. That's exactly what happened. All right, Sanga is backstage with Valentina Feroz. Uh, Wendy Chu wakes up behind them as Feroz asks if Sanga is going to be in her corner tonight. Sanga says she's very strong, but he cannot go. And Veer Hermahan shows up. Veer said that here in WWE, they take kindness for weakness and says that's why he's here with him. Uh, yeah, again, very disappointed at how this is turning out. Maybe they're going to feud Sanga versus Veer, which I, I don't know, could work. But it feels like this is going to be a tag team, and uh, it sucks. Yeah, I really enjoy Senga as a face. He could have been, like, you know, a good, great Kali, a greater Kali. Yes, the best Kali. <laughs> I love it. All right, Cora Jade comes out. Uh, in the back, Stark and Lions are going through the curtains. Stark is still extremely upset and getting angry. She seems furious, some would say. Uh, the NXT Women's Tag Team Champs, Katana Chance and Kaden Carter showed up, taunted Stark and Lions. Stark reminded the champs that they did have them beat last week. Lions ends up holding Stark back. Little, uh, little heelish yet again from uh, the KC twins, from KC and JoJo, even though neither of them are JoJo. KC and KC. <laughs> Good one there. No, but yeah, I, that that was my thoughts too. It's like, you know, before they won the belts, they were kind of going a little heel. This was like, you know, as Triple H was taken over. Um, and then they kind of went full babyface again. But last night's little uh, backstage segment seemed like a little more on the heel side. Yeah, we're, we're, they were, they're telling the overall story that Zoe Stark is getting frustrated. So in this backstage promo, they needed something for Zoe to get frustrated over. But in that process, kind of made the champs look like dicks. Yep. All right. Valentina Feroz comes out looking all upset because she signs Sanga. Uh, Cora Jade comes out. Another missable match. Yeah. Superstars squash here. This was basically the female version of the Odyssey Jones match. Yeah, Feroz made a brief comeback in the middle of the match, hits a lariat, turns that into an inside cradle for just the two count. Jade comes back with a clothesline of her own. Feroz kicked Jade repeatedly, but Jade avoided a crossbody and hits Feroz with a running senton, followed it up with a DDT for the win. That was that. That was quick. Let's yeah, Corrid. Cora Jade uh, is getting way more comfortable as a heel. This was a very good heel performance for Cora. Um, uh, the, something happened in this match that I've never, ever seen before. Just quickly, Cora whipped Valentina into the ropes and like went off to the other side and was going to hit her with a running move. And Valentina stopped at the ropes. She didn't bounce off the ropes. She stopped and gathered herself and then just ran after Cora. I've never seen a wrestler do that in all of the wrestling I've ever seen. I've never seen someone. It's not like I think maybe they had a miscommunication and Cora meant to throw her off the ropes. And Faraz either thought that she was supposed to stay in the ropes and sell or just like forgot what was supposed to happen there. I have no idea. But yeah, it was just one of the most awkward things I've ever seen in a wrestling match. It was it was actually a solid little squash other than that one little moment, which stood out like an absolute sore thumb to me. Yep. Agreed. Uh, so, yeah, uh, two to me goes out of five for this one. Yeah, that's exactly what I would give it. Um, it is under the, the the Mendoza line there, in my opinion. We still need to rename that somehow. All right, after the match, Jade brought her her, her candlestick back into the ring. She's taunting furrows. Wendy Chu's music hits. She runs down, goes for the save, gets hit in the gut with Jade's cane, but she recovers, hit Jade with a couple strikes as she cleared the ring of Cora Jade. So it looks like we're getting Cora Jade, Wendy Chu. And I guess the Roxanne 
Cora feud is officially over, which is weird because they kind of split matches one and one. But I guess you can go back to it for the for the final chapter. I'm okay with it being over. I think Roxanne should work with other people. Wendy Chu versus Cora Jade. A weird mix, but okay, let's do it. Yeah, agreed. All right, Tony D'Angelo was with Channing Stacks Lorenzo, who is being advertised as Channing Stacks Lorenzo again. Uh, D'Angelo said that Stacks looked great versus Nakamura last week and gave him some encouragement for a match with Hank, the security guard, next week. Electra Lopez returned and said that she likes being her own boss and mentioned that if people thought she was dangerous before, then you're going to have to see how dangerous she is now. Stax then wondered how dangerous she could possibly be, and a very interested-looking D'Angelo said that he thinks she is. Yeah, so I I don't know where this is all going, but I'm glad Electra is back on TV. She, of all people, needs to develop. She's got a great backstage presence, great promo, very similar to Lash Legend in that way, but just not yet there in the ring at all, not even close. I am glad that, like, it sucks for her, and I feel horrible for her, right? It must be demoralizing, but at the same time, for her own, you know, for her own mental whatever right i'm glad that they held her back with legado yes absolutely what she needs to be working that florida loop i hope she is i hope she's getting lots of matches like every single time that they do a show she should be wrestling someone for like 10 minutes at least yeah all right this yeah this leads us right into the main event for the nxt tag team titles Pretty deadly. Your champions versus NXT champion Braun Breaker versus North American champion Wes Lee. This match wasn't bad, but let me tell you this. I do not want to see Wesley and Braun Breaker fight each other because they have... Is it possible to have less than zero chemistry? <laughs> um Mathematically, no, but artistically, yes, I think we saw it because I had I had high hopes for this team because Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate were kind of a fun team. But yeah, Braun Breaker and Wesley didn't click on this night. What if Scripps is Tyler Bate? If Scripps is Tyler Bate, I'll quit. I will quit the <laughs> podcast. I will. I will quit NXT talk that day. I, I I love all of our fans. I love everyone who's ever listened to a second of this. If Tyler Bate is Scripps, I'm done that second. I promise you, I'm done. <laughs> I love it. So if Von Wagner wins, we're done. If Tyler Bate is scripts we're done it's gonna happen both things are gonna happen on deadline oh, on, on the same show could you imagine and then it's scripts v vaughn for the nxt title on someone else's podcast <laughs> oh my god why did i why i don't know why that crossed my mind as soon as you said tyler Bate. oh jesus h i hope not maybe it's trent seven can we make it trent seven i hope it's trent seven Oh, that would be awesome. Anyways, yeah, so this match, it wasn't bad, but uh, yeah, the, the 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 Breaker and Lee just had zero chemistry. It wasn't a bad match. Pretty Deadly is, they're awesome. Like, like they're just so damn good as heels. They know how to work Absolutely. everyone. They're good in the ring. All four guys were good in the ring. But this match left me you wanting know what it was? more, wanting something. What was it, man? I agree. I, I agree with you. This was a house show match, Boris. They did a little house show main event here the, as the NXT main event. Go out, have some fun. Don't do anything particularly crazy. Everyone in the building knew exactly what the finish was going to be, but everyone went home happy. They did a cool little angle at the end. Overall, a success. Total house show match, though. Yeah, you know what? I a perfect way to put it. All right, so Breaker with two Ks gets the hot tag. Took out both members of Pretty Deadly with shoulder tackles. Picks them both up. Hits a double suplex on Pretty Deadly. Uh, Lee was back in the match. Hits a crossbody followed by a super kick. Lee went to the top rope, but Carmelo Hayes runs out, which I have to say, it was funny because I knew right away that Hayes was going to come out because there was a miscommunication on the production side that they cut to the camera where Carmelo Hayes was probably supposed to be running at the time. And there was no one. They cut back to Wesley, kind of waiting, cut back to the camera. That's where hilarious. Carmelo Hayes tosses Wesley off of the top rope. Uh, you know, this quickly opened the door for Wilson to roll him up for the pin and the win. And still, NXT Tag Team Champions pretty deadly. 
So, yeah, we're this entire show was uh, billed toward the deadline show December 10th. On that deadline show, for the love of God, please give us the Carmelo Hayes versus Wes Lee match we have so patiently been waiting for. They still haven't had their awesome one-on-one singles match. I need it to happen. It better happen at deadline. Uh, that's my takeaway from this. The, the the closing little angle where Wesley hits a perfect tope con hello on uh Onto Carmelo. Carmelo takes this awesome flipping bump, lands on his feet, and stumbles in front of Wesley, and they start exchanging blows. That was one of my favorite spots of the entire year. I watched it like 15 times on Twitter this morning. Yeah, I love that spot so much. Yeah, it was it was really cool to watch. And like as Wesley is gearing up for the Topehe con Hilo or Hero, as a lot of people like to say, either or works. Um, I'm like, please don't please pull this off properly. Please pull this off properly. Yeah, and and it was yeah, it's so funny because we already saw it go spectacularly wrong in the opening match on this show. But yeah, it was beautiful. He does one of the best tope con hellos I've ever seen. Like a perfect swanton over the top rope, makes perfect contact with his opponent, lands on his feet and struts away every time. It's it's crazy. Yep, exactly. So they go, they fight to the back. Braun Breaker awkwardly lifts his belt up over his head. Um, he, then he gets attacked via Big Boot, via Von Wagner, your future NXT champion. Uh, boo. So yes, I will quit. I will quit the show if Tyler Bate is scripts. Boris quits the show if Von Wagner wins the world title. I got to tell you, buddy, I actually think yours could happen. I yeah. really genuinely do. I do too. We cut to the back. Apollo Cruz is watching from a TV backstage. The sick fuck JD McDonough comes in and said his vision will be tough to bring to fruition as they see Von Wagner standing over the champion. McDonough then said we'll see he'll see Cruz around as the show closed. Uh, yeah, very, uh, very interesting here. They're mixing in a lot of people. Maybe they give us one of those fatal five-way matches uh, where Carry On Cross used to just destroy entire rosters worth of people, entire years, decades worth of ROH world title lineage down the fucking drain. Uh, anyway, a, a perfectly fine house show main event to end this show here. Three Migos out of five for your main event. I think the best match on the show was safely... Indy Hartwell versus Zoe Stark. Yeah, and Indy Hartwell. If she, if that's the Indy Hartwell that we get moving forward, she is more than ready, more than capable for the for the main roster at this point. Yeah, absolutely right. I think yeah. If we're given three stars of this show, hockey style, you got to put Indy in the top three. Probably number one star of the show, Mandy Rose. She, she got the championship celebration. She got she got her flowers, as they say. And then number two and three, I would go Zoe Stark, Indy Hartwell. I would actually go number one, Mandy Rose, number two, Ava Rain, number three, Indy Harwell. Oh, Ava Rain, great call. You know what? I, I agree. I think Zoe Stark should be acknowledged too, but I agree with your ratings. Let's let's go with those, Boris. All right, cool. So number one star of the show, Mandy Rose, because it's Mandy Rose. Number two, Ava Rain for that awesome promo and only her second appearance. And then, yeah, number three, uh, Third Indy star. Hartwell. Third star, Indy Hartwell, for an awesome, confident, uh, not dominant, but uh, spectacular win over a, a pushed baby face turn and heel in Zoe Stark. Big win for Indy. We're going to be doing this every week now, right? I love it. I'm into it. The three stars, man. Shout out. Shout out Hockey Night in Canada. Yep, exactly. All right, so that was the show. Like we said, it was, it was an okay show. It wasn't a bad show, but, you know, WWE knows full well that, you know, there's attention elsewhere, uh, especially with the World Series, especially with the game being uh, postponed on Monday. And uh, go Phillies. Yeah, go Phillies for sure. Scrappy team. How could you not be cheering for Philly? Looking at them in the dugout, looking at the the fan base, you can take or leave. But I, I like the Philly fan base. Let's, go, let's give Philly a World Series over the cheating ass, heel ass Houston Astros. Yep. Agreed 100% with you. That's the show. It's NXT Talk. Just remember, we got BAM coming at you. The old fucks are going to be coming at you. AEWTF, Smack Daddy, Smackdown Review, Rampage Randall, Crown Jewel, Aftercast. Then to the main show on Sunday. So much to go. And we're only on Wednesday. 
Remember, patreon.com slash SNME radio. Renew your patron because we do have two after parties happening later on this month uh, for AEW Full Gear and WWE Survivor Series. Crazy busy month. Matt, thank you for joining me this week. Dude, I think oh, we did thanks. well. Uh, we, we we got through it, man. Thank you for thank you for uh, producing it. Thank you for having me, brother. And yeah, again, uh, rest in peace, take off. Shout out Migos. Wrestling fans, you've seen them. They showed up at WrestleMania. They've they've been involved. I think they're on Raw once or twice. Uh, it's just really, really deeply tragic and sad. And yeah, rest in peace, take off, man. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Stay tranquilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nigga, ain't no way around it. Family, ain't gonna never let up. Nigga, got set, show my talent. Show young nigga with the ammo, working with the hammer. Talking country grammar, nigga, straight out North Atlanta. Northside, young nigga, popping with a pocket.